Let's go. Hello, everyone. Uh, welcome to Selling the Scream, the, the podcast that now has a name. Yeah, that was a... It was a knockdown dragout fight to, to get Josh to agree to the name that was clearly superior that I pitched. But uh, we got there. Well, I mean, it's, you know... I, I I will compromise on many things because this is this show is going to mostly be my uncompromising vision. So <laughs> I, that's that is true. He is basically in the driver's seat for the most part here. Um, yeah. So uh, for those of you who uh, are tuning in on this one and didn't listen to the the, the, the pilot episode, um, why why would you do that? I know that's 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 cheating. Um, this this is the podcast where uh, myself Joshua Yoakum a uh, horror expert, which uh, I, I, if anybody does end up listening to this and is like an actual horror expert is probably going to like clown me on that, but um, somebody who's a life lifelong fan tries to uh, sell the scream, sell sell the idea of, uh, of horror uh, films to someone who has, has seen a couple but doesn't really consider himself a, a huge horror fan. Like, yeah, that, that someone would be me, uh, Jed Donaldson. Um, we kind of talked about this last uh, episode, which is just kind of what our backgrounds were in horror, and I wanted to kind of touch on it again because Josh is right. I do have limited experience with horror, uh, at least in the movie movie format. I, I I found as I'm getting older that I do kind of gravitate towards those sort of things more and more, and maybe it wasn't quite accurate to say like I so often did that I don't really like horror movies uh, because I, I've always been a big fan of. Uh, video games like Resident Evil, Silent Hill, those sort of things. Uh, I listen to podcasts like the Magnus Archive, uh, the White Vault, Tannis, those sort of things. So those are all kind of spooky paranormal things. I read the book It, Stephen King, which I've never been a big Stephen King fan, but I read that in the last couple years and thought it was some problematic stuff towards the end aside. Really, really just great at instilling a sense of dread and uh, anxiety in me and i i really liked it <laughs> yeah and i i remember uh like when we were in high school together um i know i was like a huge clive barker fan i, I think i remember you um at least reading one or two of those i don't know like great and secret show or a magic yeah a magic great and secret show um i think i read weave world way back then but i recently revisited that one as well yeah so um Maybe not from the the point of view of somebody with like no horror background, but just like movie wise, I know there was like there's a, there's a handful I know I inflicted on you. I know like you would not escape being friends with me in high school without seeing like Suspiria, uh, probably like the first Halloween, um, probably the first Nightmare on Elm Street, um, and I know I think you told me before like you you remembered seeing like um, Dawn of the Dead, Night of the Living Dead. Um, yeah, so, but but that's. That's 25 years ago at this point. Uh, yeah, and then... I, I have seen that stuff. Um, but for the most part, I think horror film is it's just a, a big blind spot for me. Because like I said, I, I always told myself that I just didn't like those movies. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're going to... I've got a curated selection of movies. And Jed's seen the list, but he doesn't really know um, what order... I'm going in. He doesn't um, going he in do, blind. He doesn't. He doesn't know uh, if, I, if I'm going to make tweaks along the way. But um, the the movie we settled on for for our first episode is uh, 1974's Toby Hooper to, Toby Hooper's exploitation masterpiece, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, which you know I, I think I explained the last episode. I, I consider kind of one of like the bedrocks of, of modern horror. Um, 
I, I recently rewatched uh, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, Last Drive-In episode on it, so I'm like, going to try to not just spout the exact same things that that he did about this movie and why like he loves it. he considers like the greatest horror movie ever made i'm, I'm not in that boat but it, it's up there <laughs> don't don't try to fool these people they're very clever and they they know you're just gonna lift wholesale from joe bob briggs uh, yeah I, I um what you guys don't see is i'm actually wearing a cowboy hat and drinking a lone star beer right now um <laughs> I, I i've been caught red-handed um but but Jed, Jed's watched it. Um, we've come back. We've got some notes. We're going to compare. We're going to talk about it a little bit. But just, uh, uh, do you have anything else before I get into kind of just the some of the background on Texas Chainsaw Massacre and just what? No, uh, preach on. Let's let's hear the background and then we'll get into the thoughts of the movie. Okay, so uh, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like I said, came out in 1974. It was uh, a a movie by uh, mostly like students at the University of Texas um, exploitation movie. So a lot. It's a, a little bit, uh, you know, it's an independent movie. It's uh, a lot of times people would get like a, some crazy financier would just put up money. In this case, it was a, a lobbyist in Texas just decided to fund this this weirdo uh, horror kind of political kind of black comedy movie. Now, see, I'm <laughs> kind of surprised to hear you call it an exploitation film. I'm not saying that you're wrong. It just didn't strike me that way at all. Oh, yeah, it's... Um, it comes from like kind of the same school and same tradition of of a lot of these exploitation movies. I'm sure the 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 financiers just heard Chainsaw and they knew that that kind of thing drew a profit at drive-ins and grindhouses, um, and that they 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 put that money down. So yeah, I mean, if if anything, <laughs> and we'll get into this when we start talking about our thoughts on the movie uh, completely. Is I thought this thing was relatively tame. Oh, that is that is interesting to hear because I was I was actually one of the first questions I was going to have for you, but uh, the, the yeah like the the background on it, um, so it kind of came out of that wave, um, made on a really small budget. Um, I think in today's dollars, like the actual filming budget was about three hundred thousand um, dollars. Total cost of the movie ended up being around a million because it, it spent a lot of time being edited, and I think that's out of all the things I really like about this movie a lot. I think it is just one of the best like. Other than maybe like one or two parts towards the end, I think drag a little bit. Sure. Just one of the most just expertly put together pieces of, of cinema in this genre. And again, I'm I'm gonna be used I'm gonna be using that, that cinema word. But <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about the C word here, folks. <laughs> um But I, I think it's definitely uh a, a, a testament to just how effectively it's it's put together that way. So that's that that's where a lot of the money went into it. Um, IMDb has the the revenue that it generated listed as uh, about thirty million dollars domestic. This but seems with, all right. Uh, yeah, and it's it definitely turned a profit. That it probably even turned more of a profit than that because the thing about exploitation movies that are showing in uh, these drive-in circuits and in grindhouses was they would like tour with them and stuff and like a lot of times um, this movie in particular is well documented that the, the mafia was uh, involved in distribution so they were using it as like money laundering Okay, um, I was gonna say that's rad, but that's, I mean, what well, fuck it's rad. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, uh, it's part of the appeal on these movies there's like, there's kind of that dangerous edge until like, you know, there's um, of, of Kind of stuff that's kind of outside the norm, um, yeah. but that's that's kind of the background on it. Um, it was you know very successful. Kind of the uh, it, it was a victim a little bit of its own success because uh, a lot of the actors who appeared and had a really hard time 
getting any sort of acting work after this because nobody wanted to hire the people that were in this like this movie that gained popular traction and just kind of became shorthand for like sure the most horrible kind of cinema that you could make like <laughs> well i would <laughs> at the risk of sounding rude i would say that the acting performances weren't what stuck out to me so much and it's yeah. not surprising that these people didn't go on to be huge stars. Yeah, I mean, this is mostly like um, like acting students at the University of, right. of Texas. So like, they were fine. Yeah, um, I, I think there's a I think there's a couple really good performances. There's one professional actor um, in this movie, and I, I kind of wonder if you, if you pick pick them out of the lineup. But um, and there's also because uh, uh, <laughs> just get in right away. Um, a very famous person. Did you realize who was doing the voiceover narration at the beginning of this movie? I think I can point this out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was John Larroquette. Uh, yeah, Dan... I caught that. I caught that in the, the the credits, and I was like, "Really, fucking John Larroquette? That's wild." This, this is his first acting credit, um, and according to uh, him, what he has said about it was that he was asked to do an Orson Welles impression. Um, okay. Uh, he couldn't really do it, but he, you know, he's, he's John Larroquette. He's got a distinctive voice, and yeah. um, he was paid for with for this movie with a joint. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I can see it. Um, so just a just a quick plot synopsis too. I mean, it's a um, fairly straightforward plot. It's a, uh, a a young woman and her brother uh, hear that her her grandfather's grave. Has been desecrated and well, I think it. It, I just watched it, so I, yeah. <laughs> yeah specifically, there's been some sort of desecration in this graveyard, uh, where some bodies were dug up and kind of wired to one of the monuments. And, it's art, and well, yes, <laughs> it was very artistic. Um, but the the girl who is what's her name Sally, Sally? Yes. and her brother Franklin, uh, they hear they hear about this happening and they go to check to make sure that they're grandfather's body wasn't one that was disturbed yes a lot of people have come to this uh graveyard to to see that sort of thing it's one of the things the first thing they do is they stop at the graveyard there's a lot of people there yeah and they've um they're they're not alone on this trip they've got um uh, uh sally's friend pam her boyfriend uh and kirk I, yes and, and, and uh, sally's boyfriend and, is in there yeah sally's jerry? sally's boyfriend jerry jerry, jerry um <laughs> otherwise known as disco stew yeah, he does look like disco stew. <laughs> he is uh, he's dressed as the seventies. Yes, <laughs> um, but uh, it's this group 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 of kids get together. They um, they go on this trip, and since they're in the area, um, they decide to revisit the abandoned uh, farmstead of, of their grandparents. Um, they on the way back, they stop at a gas station. There's no there's no gas there, so they they decide they're gonna stay at this this homestead. What? Let's back up a little bit before. If we're going to go through this beat by beat, we might as well have our thoughts um, come into play while this is happening. So, yeah. I'll, I want to talk about. We also skipped the Hitchhiker, but we'll we'll, 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 we'll get there. We'll get there. Yes, I'm gonna. <laughs> that's one of the things we're going to talk about. Uh, the first thing I want to say is over the opening like credit roll and the title sequence and everything. They're showing just pictures of uh, decayed bodies, the hands and faces and teeth. And the first thing that really struck out to me, the first note I took was that sound that kind of whining oh, I, uh, string I instrument that. sound that just hits it's just i can't even describe it it just gave me chills i think i've heard it before in different um different places i'm sure i have maybe even in the 
like when they did a remake of the movie, it was probably in the trailer for that too. But just that sound, just repeating over the flashing images, it was like the image would flash, the sound would hit, let's, let's, and it just made me. Ugh. Let's see if I, if I can do an approximation here, like that. Yes, exactly. Just uh, it would come in and then fade out, and just sounds otherworldly. Um, so like the sound design in this movie, there's um. It, there's some some ambient music that plays like on the radio, but for the most part, most of the music um, was intentionally designed to be things that an animal would hear in a slaughterhouse. Um, so it's this weird industrial. Um, it, it, I think it's a, it's a technique that's sort of become uh, like almost you know used in a lot of different horror movies but this is a this is a very early example i don't i can't say first but that's this well i think that's very appropriate because the the slaughterhouse theme goes throughout the whole movie yeah yeah so um getting back just like basic plot recap i i, I did skip over before they get to the gas station they 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 pick up a hitchhiker a creepy hitchhiker yes a very very creepy skinny uh guy who's uh I have written down here uh, the character Franklin, who is Sally's uh, invalid brother who's wheelchair-bound, uh, describes him as, uh, don't pick him up, he looks like a Dracula. <laughs> and then when they do pick him up, he says something to the effect of, oh great, a whole family of Draculas, which <laughs> I laughed a lot at. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so they... they uh, they get menaced by this guy. Um, he they he offers to sell them like a picture he's taken. And when he, they, yeah, know, he just takes a picture. I mean, it's like if you're in some sort of touristy area where they just walk up to you and try to sell you something by giving it to you and then being <laughs> mad when you walk away before you pay them. He just takes a picture and then says, "That's two dollars, please." <laughs> and um, he plays with Franklin's knife. Yeah. And then severely cuts his hand, which no one in the truck enjoys. <laughs> Well, I'm sure. I think I think he did. He seemed to really like it. He was laughing the whole time. <laughs> um, then he, you know, as he's as things escalate, he attacks Franklin uh, mm -hmm. with with that knife, and they, they kick him out, and he scrawls on the side of their van with his own blood. Yes, yes. Um, the uh, which is a topic of conversation for probably the next half hour or so. What that means. <laughs> um, well. Talking a little bit about about Franklin, like it, it is very interesting to see in like um, a movie where that's just brave enough to really get you to root against and just hate the the handicapped as much as the Texas Chainsaw what? Massacre does. Uh, you know, about that, there were times when I thought, man, these people are being really crappy to Franklin, and there were also times where I thought, man, Franklin, shut the fuck up. <laughs> There were also times where Franklin was like the only person who was making any sense with the conversation he was having. He's like, "Don't go down there. Let's let's go get help." That sort of stuff. <laughs> um, so, like, circling back to where we, we ended up, like they, they 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 go to the gas station. They uh, the creepy gas station. Creepy gas station. Another note, yes. note I made. I wanted to talk about that a little bit too, because you know you had the creepy hitchhiker, you had the creepy gas station. Is this one of the first films that kind of established those horror cliches, or is this one that just really kind of did it well? Um. I, like some of the first I know on this one is is this is actually kind of the first like 
teenagers go someplace they're not supposed to be, get right. pick, get picked off one by one. Because I can think of um, specifically like the the cabin in the woods that came out a couple like well, I guess about ten years ago now. Uh, but they had that whole thing with the creepy gas station attendants, you know, vaguely being menacing, and yeah. you know, that's that's a thing. That's a cliche for horror movies. It, it's a it, horror trope. It is. It kind of circles back around on this one, where that 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 you know. It yeah, ends. we'll get there. We'll get there. But um, one of the things that you'll see, especially like in eighties horror, um, that the, the Friday the Thirteenth movies are really big on this. Is there? There'll be some like harbinger of doom. There'll be like some yeah. guy that will tell the group like. Can't like uh, the, I'm thinking specifically Crazy Ralph from the first two Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. Like, uh, can't can't go to that camp. It's got a death curse. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, yeah, it's definitely a trope, and, and um, it, it I don't that one I don't know if it originated with this, um, but I but I know like the the final girl trope originates mm-hmm. here. Okay. Um, and the, uh, the 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 teenagers getting picked off one by one. Suppose they're not supposed to be. That's, yeah, those are the, yeah the two one of the, ones. I mean one of the last notes I wrote down here was specifically that it, it was this where horror tropes like this started. Was this just one that did it well? Or, you know, kind of that yeah. sort of thing. But you, well, I mean, we, again, we this is this it. is kind of one of those like true horror nerd things where like I'm I'm sure I'm gonna say yes, and then assuming that anybody listens to this there i'm gonna get some angry actually and well Val I mean, Luton's 1943 masterpiece i think like, we can we can comfortably say that if it's not the place where it originated it's definitely it's, it's early yes, yes. It, is, it is definitely it's an early example of where it enters things. the the mainstream public conscious yeah um so these kids go to this house and they um they start to separate off and they investigate a nearby this was a this was a, a moment where i felt bad for franklin too because they drug him along on this trip, and then they just leave his wheelchair-bound ass out by the car while they go fuck around in the second floor of this decrepit building, and he can just hear them laughing and having a grand old time while he's stuck on the bottom floor. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, it's, oh, it'll be fun. Thanks for bringing me on this trip, guys. You yeah, know, it is. I was like, <laughs> what assholes? The, 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 the characters in this movie are... Um, I mean, it's not necessarily. I don't think the sh- strong point of the movie. It's kind of easy, but it's there. There's definitely. Um, I can say that as 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 much as I thought they were buttholes to Franklin in this scene, I don't think they deserved. Like it wasn't like I saw this and said, "Oh, I can't wait for Leatherface to chop these people up." Yeah, <laughs> they that, didn't deserve what happened to them. Ex- yeah, exactly. Well, they were yeah. just teenagers being teenagers. They weren't <laughs> weren't especially thoughtful. <laughs> um, so yeah, they, uh, they they start investigating a, a, a nearby farmhouse. Um, well, I think to, to they look, were out to, of gas because the gas, gas station did not have gas right. for some reason. And they they hear a generator. Yes. And uh, at this at this uh, farmhouse, they find uh, a whole bunch of abandoned cars. Yes. Um, that seem to be under some sort of uh, like netting or camouflage to prevent them from being seen. Um, and this is uh, Kirk and Pam. Kirk who, and Pam, yeah. Who uh, who end up going here? They they. We're going initially to a watering hole that had dried up, and then they, they heard the generator. They, they, they come out here. Um, Kirk ends up going inside the house because yeah. um, he hears some noises. Um, they, they've also found, like, a, a tooth on the porch. Um, some, some relatively creepy noises that I don't know that I would have investigated. <laughs> <laughs> um, he stumbles a little bit, and then we get our, our first introduction to... Um, the, one of the tenants of this house. Yeah, I have written down here, Leatherface, exclamation point. And then, hi, Kirk, hammer to the face. <laughs> <laughs> what, what I think is just... This happened so fast. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's, it is, I, I think, um, one of the things that's just so disarming about this movie is that I, I feel like in most movies, 
there would have been at least like some scene where like some sort of indication that you, this was going to happen. Yeah, like, yeah. You, you see Leatherface looking at them, or like yeah, the no, music was, builds up. I mean, or, I you know something's going to happen because that's what this movie is. But just the fact that they just they walked up to this house and it, it's clearly a creepy house. They established that this is like this is going to be the place where the bad stuff happens, or at least that's what you would assume just by watching it. But he and his girl are sitting there. Pam walks away because she's frustrated that he gave her the tooth, and she's sitting on the swing that's out in the yard. And he walks in the house. Two seconds later, thud, and then he's dragged away, and the door is just slammed shut, which I thought was tremendously well shot. <laughs> oh yeah, this uh, we we can get, kind of get into like the how the, the cinematography. No, and, like, the look I will on this say too, right here, but... one of the notes I took was I really like the cinematography in this movie. There's just certain scenes that stuck out to me as being like, wow, this looks really sharp. Yeah, it's uh like a especially like capturing like the 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 Texas sun and the heat like yes. you get like a just, just how such hot a... and dusty and lonely it is and isolated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Um, that and and getting to, to Pam who's the, who hears something and she uh, she goes to investigate this is kind of one of the more famous shots of the movie where uh, she's sitting on the swing set and she starts walking towards the house and there's like that tracking shot mm-hmm. that follows her and kind of gives that makes the house look enormous and yes. even more imposing yeah um she she goes inside uh and she stumbles upon she, she turns to the left instead of going straight into the horrible <laughs> murder room oh she finds she a, finds another a, horrible a, ta- room. a tasteful tea room uh, <laughs> I, I called it the bone throne room <laughs> i i refer to this room as uh what rob zombie sees every time he blinks um <laughs> I, yeah no absolutely i can see that yeah just chicken feathers and human appendages in various states of uh furniture undress. made out of bones and <laughs> skin uh, the the I, I one of the as it took her a lot longer to freak out about this than i would have thought <laughs> <laughs> um one of the things that is like one of the scarier things in this movie the thing that disarms me i think this movie is so good at making really kind of mundane things disarming and like uh-huh. frightening is that goddamn chicken in the cage yeah the, the chicken's t- just sitting there just watching her it's it's it's, it's this full-size chicken in a tiny ass bird cage yeah like being hung it, up. it fills it completely <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah she she slowly takes it all in freaks out starts to leave and yeah, there's uh, fragments of of human bones there's lots of animal bones it's clear that something terrible is going on here yes um, and like I said, it takes her way too long to react to it. <laughs> so she tries to leave, but but Leatherface is a gracious host, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he pulls her right into the same <laughs> horrible murder room that she, he pulled her boyfriend into. And he uh, was at least nice enough to kill uh, Kent first, though. Or was Kirk? Kirk. 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 Uh, yeah. and, and but but he gives he gives her a little show. He he uh, <laughs> best scene in the house. <laughs> what, and again, one of the one of the more famous scenes in this movie. Yeah, I have written down ugh beef hook. <laughs> Hangs her up on a meat hook, and, alive and kicking. Yeah, and uh, she she gets to watch as as he cuts up her boyfriend with a with a chainsaw. Which um, I I'll give this every bit of credit in the world. They don't show any of. They just make you think you're seeing it. <laughs> yeah, I was that, that was actually I was one of the questions I had for you is I, I is you know I was going to ask like what you thought of like the the the, cha- the, the hook going in and you 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 feel it. Oh, yeah, I had a visceral reaction to her being hung on the hook, but they didn't really... You don't see anything. That's that's one of the takeaways I had from this movie altogether is you don't see, like, any real blood or gore in any part of it. So, um, Toby Hooper, like, part of his... What was taking him so long to edit this movie 
is he was determined to release this with a PG rating. I think he came close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think part of it's also just context. So, like, yeah. um, you know, he, he, he was, like, call, uh, apparently calling up the MPAA, like, okay, I, I've got a character I'm going to hang up on a meat hook. Like, what? Well, is it okay? Like, what? what how, how can I do this? <laughs> Seeking their input, and they're like just stunned silence on the other end. Yeah, of the that line. phone call must have been a trip. <laughs> well, they, they they finally like ended up compromising on an R because he kept going for PG thirteen for P, sorry before PG thirteen just PG, and it just kept coming back X. And it's like okay, well back back to the editing room. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it's a it's astonishing how how much they don't show how much restraint there is here yeah yeah it's um so after that we um we go back to uh to 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 franklin and to uh to uh sally and and jerry Jerry and sally yeah and uh they at this point um they've been the pam and kirk have been missing they uh this was another scene that i really liked uh the cinematography on was when uh Gary tells the the two to stay at the car. He's going to go look for him because they've been gone for a long time. And he's walking off, you know, and they just have this scene of the shot of him walking towards the house into the sunset with just like, he's just walking through a gate and it's just, the sun is, it's like your classic Western good guy rides off into the sunset thing, but he's like walking directly into to hell. He doesn't know it yet. Yeah. And, uh, he, he, uh, he stumbles into this, this house, which, um, so this is the, 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 third person who's kind of just kind of stumbled into yes. the, the home of the Sawyer family. I just want to say quit fucking walking into Leatherface's murder room. <laughs> quit it. That's the first place all these people made a beeline towards. <laughs> they didn't play around. They just went right in. <laughs> well, I think there's also like a point of view, like, because it's, because Leatherface, you kind of, and, and this is intentionally played this way, if not written this way, was um, played played to be mentally handicapped. I can, I, yeah, I got that. And uh, you know, you can you can see that there's obviously like underneath his mask, which is famously made of uh, human skin. Human skin. Yeah. Uh, there, you can see human leather. Got, yes, you can see that he has um, some some physical deformities as well. He's got some right. issues with his teeth. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can see that. Um, but for for him, it's it's almost like it's a a home invasion movie for Leatherface, where all these people just keep showing up. And like, Yo, yeah. There's there's one scene in particular after. Um, I think it's after he kills Jerry, yeah, where so he kind of sits down and puts his hands in his head like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> why do these assholes keep coming into my murder room? <laughs> he looks like he's distraught. Like, why, what What am I going to do about this? Um, yeah, so, so, like, sum up what happened. Jerry, Jerry goes into to, to the, to the murder room. Um, you know, again, you're all kinds of tools and blood dried and animal parts and he hears a, a little bit of a ruckus from the freezer yeah there's some rattling going on um and he finds uh poor poor old pam is uh is, is still still alive and kicking and uh gives gives out a gives out a scream and that that uh, that attracts leatherface leatherface back into yeah. the room and we get a you know for a, a movie called the texas chainsaw massacre so we'll now mark our second death of somebody just getting Hammered in the Slammed face. Slammed right in the face and, and no chainsaw yet. Yeah. Other, other than Kirk, the, not Kirk. The chainsaw was there. I, yeah. I, I took a note that said, hey, there's the chainsaw, because <laughs> so far, no chainsaw. <laughs> um, so we, we, we cut back to, uh, to to Pam, and I'm sorry, not to Pam, to uh, Sally and Franklin. Um, yeah, I just want to establish, also, I want to say this again. I said it earlier. 
these there's only five characters in this movie who aren't you know the bad guys really, and three of them are gone within like ten minutes of each other. But it but it takes a while to get there. Yeah, like but I mean, yeah, it, it takes long. They they take a long time to actually get to the point where you're you're into the kills. But once the kills start, half over half of the people are gone. Like bam, very, bam, bam, very quickly. Um, so they they uh, they realize Jerry has the keys to the van, so they they can't leave even if they wanted to. Yeah, um, and this is this is where I was saying earlier that Franklin has the most sense of. He was saying it's dark. We can't go looking for them. They're, they might be lost. We might get lost. We don't have lights. Let's go back to the, the gas station, get some help, and bring some people in. I was like, preach, Franklin. That's Yes, exactly. <laughs> Do that. Don't just go wandering off into the, the and, Texas wildlands. And and, and and Sally wants to wander off, and you know, Franklin's like, uh, no, you're not leaving me here. So, uh. <laughs> Which is, is rough because he is wheelchair-bound, but I don't blame him one bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, He's already freaked out by the the hitchhiker. The hitchhiker attacked him. The morks on the the van, like he's seen some stuff while they were in the in the upstairs of the house, uh, of the house that they came the grandparents' house, I guess. Yeah, he sees uh, there, like the... some some stuff was left there, like while he was just inside. It looks like something was dropped on the floor and hung up. Uh, it looks like, like some more some more art. Some yeah, more so, art some bones created. and like a sack of various animal parts. Uh, so and that stuff wasn't there when he went in. So it's he's already he's quite freaked out. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, oh, we didn't mention uh, they got some barbecue at that gas station. Oh, they did. They did. Yes. Yeah, some good barbecue. <laughs> that Franklin was nursing for a long time. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, that that's. Uh, we'll, we'll 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 talk about the sequel if we end up ever end up watching it. But uh, the the, uh, the 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 Sawyers they they they, they cook a mean uh, a mean barbecue. They're yes, they a, do. Award winning. Yes. <laughs> Um, which I don't think they're even referred to as the Sawyers in this movie. That is the, that is the name of the family. Is the, is the, yeah, the, I, you said that, and I just went with it, but yeah, I don't recall hearing that. I don't, I don't think they mention any of their names. I don't think you even hear Leatherface being used as a, as a name. He's no, referred as, to as that a, as the script. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's brother. It's it's the two brothers, the, the kid. I hear Grandpa. Yes, yeah. yes. We'll so. get to Grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I, have, uh, I have specific notes about Grandpa. <laughs> Um, so uh, Franklin and Sally start making their way through the through the the, the dark. It's, it's Sally's just whining the whole time, like, "Oh, Franklin, I can't push her wheelchair over these roots and trees that are all." Well, luckily, uh, <laughs> she doesn't have to deal with that problem for too long. No, um, no, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they hear something in the woods, and uh, about thirty seconds later, it's by Franklin. <laughs> yeah, uh, this this is our our first uh, chainsaw death in the movie. Leather, Leatherface appears out of the darkness as they they shine a flashlight towards him, and uh, just just mercilessly chainsaws and in, into. Franklin's yeah, he plays no chest. games. He's not he's not messing around. <laughs> it's it's a slash and then a couple of stabs, <laughs> and then Franklin's gone and 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 then then this begins the nighttime uh, chainsaw chase. Uh, yeah, just a, a chase sequence, um, running through the brush, uh, Leatherface chasing after. Uh, after Sally, Sally uh, runs to the first house that she sees, which is, of course, the, the wrong house. The wrong house to go into, um, and then she makes the one of the classic blunders. Uh, she runs upstairs when she yeah. gets to this house, yeah, no. um, and then she she finds the, the she finds the grandma, family room, grandma yeah. and grandpa, and their dog. <laughs> um, of course, Leatherface comes in and. Uh, Sally being trapped upstairs. She's got no no place left to go but to just. She sprints headlong out of a window, the second story window. And this this will be the first of two uh, Sally 
defenestration scenes. <laughs> Self-defenestration, <laughs> yeah. She's, she's not thrown out. She just goes. That's where she wanted to be, is out um, that window. And, and this was a, you know, this was a, a notoriously, like, physical shoot. So, like, during... I will say, props to Leatherface, the cardio on that man. Oh, yeah, both both of them. Uh, <laughs> they, they got... They got messed up making this movie. Yeah, uh, Sally, uh, the Marilyn Burns who plays Sally got like cut up from all that brush she was running through. I believe it. She uh, she didn't do the stunt out the window, but she like hurt herself doing like the insert shot after that. Would not surprise me in the slightest. Um, yeah, like the, the this this movie was uh, safety second, <laughs> <laughs> if at all. Yeah, you gotta have that realism. <laughs> so. Uh, Obviously, if, if, if the house isn't safe, the next closest thing that Sally knows about is the gas station. I did not realize how close the gas station was to uh, the property that they eventually ended up at. The geography in this movie is a little strange, and we'll get to that, especially with the ending. The ending always kind of like catches me off guard that uh, just how close they are to a major road. Yeah. <laughs> but... Well, the hitchhiker <laughs> says they're right down, this family lives right down the road. Yeah, um, from, which I guess spoiler the hitchhiker is part of this family. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, this is, I don't, I don't, yeah, it's not a spoiler. <laughs> um, but we're getting to uh, the the next member of the family, who the 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 old weird guy at the at the gas station who. Uh, yeah, I I knew creepy gas station guy was creepy. Um, <laughs> so this this is our, our other professional actor in the movie. This is Jim Sidell. He's the one. He is the one I would have said. <laughs> um, and he offers to go get help. Um, and comes back with some rope and a sack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and a yeah. broom. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, this is, you know, the whole time he's reassuring her that everything's going to be okay, it's, it's, just don't struggle, it's going to be fine, uh, and then he gets her tied up and in, in the sack and in the truck, and he's, the whole drive back to the house, he's reassuring her, he's like, well, he's, don't he's worry. reassuring yeah, her. No, no, yeah, he, he's reassuring her. <laughs> with, with, a, with a broom. <laughs> and in between reassurances, he's viciously jabbing her with his broom handle and giggling like a child. <laughs> this, this performance just makes me laugh. Like, oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. <laughs> Just the the fact, and he's like you know he's not the physical specimen that that Leatherface is. He's a he's a no. He still looks kind of creepy, but he yeah. looks normal comparatively. Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> he it, looks like your typical you know small town yokel sort of creepy. Not not uh, disfigured. Will cut your skin off. Creepy. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they head back. Uh, they they encounter the hitchhiker along the way. Um, the the. The, the cook, as we, the, 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 the gas station attendant will be, come to be known, uh-huh. uh, berates the hitchhiker and starts screaming at what an idiot he is and, and beating yeah, him. Yeah, tell, telling him not that he shouldn't have been running towards, he shouldn't have been going over to the graveyard. He almost got caught. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah and, uh, so that's who was messing with the graves in the very beginning. Um, so then, then they take uh, Sally back for uh, a nice family dinner. Um, <laughs> I thought this was sweet. <laughs> they know, well, well, the cook is very upset that Leatherface has ruined their door. And, yeah, he, uh, yeah, he was very upset about the door. <laughs> very upset. I mean, Leatherface did ruin the hell out of that door. <laughs> that um, was the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> did you notice that Leatherface has, uh, he wears three different masks in this movie. I didn't notice the different masks. I did notice the outfit changes. I so, noticed there was makeup on the, the like the very last one he was wearing. Yes, that is the that is the uh, the, the final one he's wearing is the, the pretty lady mask. Okay. Uh, he's wearing the old woman mask when he's being domestic with the with the wooden spoon and, right. and, and 
puttering around in the kitchen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so then uh, they 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 they're, they're gonna they're gonna have dinner and uh, you know what's what's cooking, but they're but they're they're friends. They're friends, yeah. Um, we get you some food. Don't worry about it. Still reassuring this girl whilst we're <laughs> chained up in a throne a seat an that armchair. has yes an armchair <laughs> that has two human arms as the arms. <laughs> One of the best visual jokes of this movie. Yes. Is the armchair. Um, they they they. Decide go get, they're gonna go, go get, get grandpa. grandpa. Yeah, go get grandpa. It's dinner time. Uh, and uh, one of the things I think we, we we talked we mentioned briefly, like the the slaughterhouse, but like at the beginning of it, there's a, there's extended conversations both about uh, how Franklin they, yeah, and how they the kill cows and how they kill cow how they used to kill cows and how they kill cows now. Which pros and cons, which one's better, you know that sort of thing. Yeah, and the hitchhiker was of the opinion that the sledgehammer was better than the, the, the old gun. ways are best. Yes, the uh, old ways are best. That uh, the, the the new ways with with the air gun put people out of a job. <laughs> um, and then we meet Grandpa. And we learn Grandpa was was. Uh, well, yeah, was the tax the tax family <laughs> family that was upstairs. One of them was Grandpa, which they Leatherface and the brother bring downstairs. Uh, they're I mean they're as gentle as they can be, but I mean at this point, it's just a it's a old dude who's clearly not alive taxidermied in this chair uh, until. I don't know, about two minutes later, they set him down next to Sally and prick her finger, and Grandpa's alive, fucking her, <laughs> sucking her blood out of her finger. And he's, like, doing a little dance. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> jerking their shoulders around, like, yeah, this, it's almost like Bill Cosby with his jello, just shaking those... <laughs> you know, I, was, I, I wrote down here, holy shit, Grandpa's alive? Because <laughs> I did not see that coming at all. He looks completely dead. Um, so, like, this, this dinner scene, this is just, like... An extended crazy nightmare. Like there's just oh, it's, like the the family dynamics completely flip here. Yeah, like yeah. dad who was in control, like hitting the the brother in the in Leatherface with the broom handle. You know, up to that point, it seemed like he had them cowed and they were afraid of him and didn't want to get on his bad side. And then when it comes time to like, he says, you know, you I don't like the killing part of it, but some things just have to be done. And then the the hitchhiking brother just like. Asserts his fucking dominance. <laughs> he's he's all about calling the dad out for he, being weak, he, and yeah, he, he take, don't do nothing. Takes no joy in it. Yeah, <laughs> but you got you got to eat. <laughs> got to make that award winning barbecue. I, I, I think the family dynamic, and I, I don't, I don't think it's clearly spelled out. Is I, I think the that it's an uncle. Uncle. An uncle. The, the cook is the uncle, and then it's the two brothers. Okay. Um, I would I would assume it was dad and the two two sons, but no, yeah, close. Either way, <laughs> um, and and it, it doesn't help that the the further movies in this series kind of muddy it, muddy that quite a bit. The the, the family kind of changes up. So I, you know, to, to be completely honest, given the setting, it could be both. <laughs> it probably is both. <laughs> yeah, Uncle Daddy. Um. So after this uh, this this dinner scene, or towards towards the end of it, we uh, I, I wanted to the dinner scene. I wanted to call out the dinner sing along, where <laughs> Sally starts to scream, and both Leatherface and the the did we ever get a name for the hitchhiking son? Uh, I think he's just referred to as the hitchhiker. And Leatherface and the hitchhiker start howling like wolves and animals <laughs> along with her screams. As if they're just having a grand old time sitting around the table. just It's a sing-along. That's, that's yeah. the only way I can describe it. Well, this is probably isn't the first person that's been screaming in their house before. Sure, and, and dad slash uncle is just enjoying. Like He's just sitting back like he, it's just the best thing he's ever heard. And Sally is terrified, clearly. And they, they do these 
extended extreme close-ups of her eyes. Just one eye at a time. You can see every detail, which I thought was just insane and incredible. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is, uh, it's... This scene is is drawn out, and it is just like an absolute nightmare. And we get to um, what I think, hands down, is after this extended nightmare, the funniest part of the movie, which is that... uh, (laughs) Old Grandpa's showing him how it's done. (laughs) Grandpa uh, is given the the task of of killing off Sally. No, they want want to give him a shot at it, because, you know, he he used to be the best. Yeah, so he he gets a hammer... Uh, that he can't really hold on to. They're they're kind of trying to keep it in his hand, and just keeps I just, keeps a slipping. I just in my head, I just have the image of Leatherface gently, so gently, and and he's really trying to get his grandpa to do this. Dear old granddad, just getting the hammer in there, and grandpa's lightly fluttering his fingers closed, just regardless of whether that hammer's there or not, and it just keeps falling right out. Um, so this eventually gets to the the point that the 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 hitchhiker. Uh, is just gonna do it himself, and and this yes. this gives Sally a moment to. She does get hit in the head with oh the several times. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> they're they're not kill shots, but there is they do have a scene of her the back of her head gashed because I mean it's it's a heavy sledgehammer, it's, it's a one hander sort of thing. It's not like you yeah, like a mallet, but it just it falls out of Granddad's hand and just thunks her in the back of the head. That happens a couple times, but she definitely does get hit with this thing. Yeah, and, and it can't uh, feel nice. So we we get to uh, defenestration number two. Yeah, she <laughs> sprints out the dining room window this time. And and just I think another thing that's kind of like an underrated movie way that this movie, uh, is always keeping you on your toes is it, it's been nighttime and when she jumps outside it's it's bright day. Yeah. Um, and how she, long was she in there? I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. How long was she unconscious? How long were they just messing around with her? She was there for a while, and I. Feel for it, <laughs> and, and uh, all credit to uh, to Marilyn Burns, who um, probably like top two or three just screamers. Oh yeah, oh, her her like her vocal range on that scream is just yes insane. Yeah, um, so she, she she puts it to work. <laughs> she comes sprinting out of the house, and she's closely followed by both the hitchhiker and Leatherface. I got the I got the feeling that. Hitchhiker was not trying too hard to catch her at this point. Well, this, this, he was he was playing with her. I think maybe he had a knife. He was trying to swing at her back a little bit. Yes, he was not. He wasn't too concerned that she was getting away. So, so one of the other bits of trivia about this is that I guess uh, Marilyn Burns was exceptionally slow r- at running. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, so, so both, I'll give less credit. <laughs> so both uh, Ed Neal played the Hitchhiker and Gunnar Hansen who played Leatherface would kind of have to find things to do <laughs> so that they wouldn't catch up with her. So, like, in the I, earlier chase sequence... How slow could she be? <laughs> well, uh, in the earlier chase sequence, you see uh, Leatherface in the background just sort of, like, cutting brush. <laughs> She's running away. <laughs> now, I, I, I did see him cutting brush there. I gave that as she fit through a thing that he was not able to fit through. Yes. And I played it off as that. But, yeah, this I, that also, I, looking at it from that angle, it does make sense, too. Um, he's just trying to fill some time. <laughs> he can't stop and smoke a cigarette while he's like, well, I gotta put some distance here. So, uh, yeah, like, like I said before, like I, one of the things that also always catches me off guard is just how close to the road this, like, murder house is. And it's... Sally r- runs out. She's in the middle of the street. The, the hitchhiker's slashing at her with a knife. And Leatherface comes storming out of the house right behind him with his, his wearing his Sunday best, his, his nice <laughs> little suit. 
and his face all made up pretty, just waving that chainsaw over his head, which was a really cool visual. Yeah, yeah. Then, uh, the 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 hitchhiker um, doesn't notice the eighteen wheeler just barreling down. On top. I, will, I will say that this eighteen wheeler we've seen several times throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. If not this exact one. I think it was this exact one, but one that was just like it. There's yeah. several times where it comes barreling down the road past them. Um, yeah, so it, it, it our, our hitchhiker is, is taken out under the wheels yeah, the of, Sal- of an 18-wheeler. Sal- he grabs Sally in the middle of the road. She manages to wrestle her way free, and then the hitchhiker just gets plowed. And you you see him run over by all, well, not 18 <laughs> of the wheels, but at least nine of them got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, a, a pretty pretty cool effect. Um, yeah. The truck drive this this part I love because it just gets so chaotic. Yeah. The truck driver stops, gets out, and it was like, "What? What has happened?" Sees a screaming woman running towards him, followed, followed by extremely closely by Leatherface. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was like, "How many more bodies are going to be in this movie?" So they uh, they they I don't know if he just doesn't have time to start the cab up, but he uh, they they crawl through the cab out to the other side. The truck driver has grabs brought a, a he brought grabs a, wrench, a pipe wrench. Yeah, grabs a pipe wrench out of the floorboard before they leave. Chucks it at Leatherface. Right in the face. <laughs> Funk. <laughs> Leatherface falls down, chainsaws his own leg up and, a bit. And some of the this is probably the only real bloodshed that you see. Like there's some some practical effects. Like I said, when Sally got her head, you saw some laceration back there. Or people getting cut with like yeah, the but this is like the only time you actually see um, a wound occur from what's happening like you his the chainsaw hits his leg and you can see it just kind of dig in and some he grabs at it and blood squeezes out between his fingers um so then we that's get, about as bad that's about as bad as the visuals get yeah um we, we get to the introduction uh, and the climax of another vehicle down the same road a, yes. a, a pickup truck yes uh that very obviously seems like it doesn't want any part of this yeah um, <laughs> You don't really see the driver too much, but uh, no, no, oh, yeah, I, I can't blame him. I mean, yeah. Leatherface is at this point just kind of stomping around very slowly because one of his legs is almost chainsawed off, trying to get well, not saw, sawed off, but badly injured. Yes, trying to catch Sally, who is also not moving very quickly, both because apparently she's the slowest woman alive <laughs> and the trauma she's experienced thus far. Um, and this guy stops, he kind of backs up. And she is as slow as molasses trying to jump into the back of this thing. Which, given the state she's in, is not too unbelievable. But Leatherface is just... Cre- I, he's right behind her the whole time. And the the tension is there so much that I wasn't sure she was actually going to get away. Yeah, um, this this is, a, this is a movie that so far has shown that it is it doesn't pull punches. Yeah. So uh, there's, a, there's a very good chance and... Um, the the iconic closing shots of this. Yeah, so I want to talk about those because, uh, you know, she does get in the car. They do drive away. They're accelerating, and they, they just pull away eventually because Leatherface can't keep up with the car for some reason. What a jerk. <laughs> uh, but we have two scenes back-to-back, which I think are, like, if not my favorite scenes in the movies, they're very close to it. One is just her scream laughing in the back, covered in blood, looking back down the road at what she just got away from. And the next one is Leatherface doing this chainsaw dance in the middle of the street. Yeah, he's just his his frustration and his his rage, and that's that's pretty much where we end. That's it just, cuts the credits right you there. Are, you are you are done. Um, they do have a crawl a text crawl at the beginning that says that you know this is uh, uncovered one of the b- most bizarre crimes in the state of Texas. So you're, you're led to believe that something 
outcomes of it, but you don't see any of the aftermath. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it, it it's just a it's just a straight cut after that. Um, the 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 tagline for this movie is like one of my absolute favorite taglines of all time. It's it's one of again many things that Rob Zombie has taken from this movie. <laughs> is the tagline on the poster is "Who will survive and what will be left of them?" Oh, that's where that from. I, I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to White Zombie, so I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's just uh, you know, Sally gets away, but does she? <laughs> uh, she's gonna be in the house for the rest of her life. I guarantee it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This um, so. Like I, I kind of mentioned a little uh, earlier, the um, the kind of the, some of the political stuff with this movie too. Okay, like it's um, there's it, it, it. I think when it first came out, there wasn't as much discussion around this, but like the, the big things around it is like a, like uh, there's there's the vegetarian <laughs> some angle. Uh, All right. Apparently, Guillermo del Toro saw this and became a vegetarian. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a reasonable response to this, I think. Uh, Toby Hooper himself was a vegetarian while he made it. Um, okay. We kind of went back after that. I Yeah, you know, I can see this putting you off meat a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Even though they don't show a whole hell of a lot of it. Just the idea of what's going on. Well, then, and you also know that these are people from the slaughterhouse. And this yeah. is like, they've just continued that tradition once the slaughterhouse went down. Yeah, I, 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 did, I definitely picked up on that. Uh, it seemed like... I don't want. To, it's clear that they've been doing this for a long time. I don't know if they've been doing it since the since before the slaughterhouse closed, or if the fact that the slaughterhouse closed and that's all they know how to do yeah. just led them to to continue to do it. Um, and that's that's one of those things too. I, I I generally prefer like in horror movies when you you kind of don't know some of that stuff when yeah. it's just you are just it. I, I find way more fear in the the unknown than like yeah. oh well, this well he, when he was a kid this happened and uh, I'm you know dunk on Rob, Rob Zombie a little bit more but Rob Zombie's Halloween where it's like right I, he's Michael Myers Michael Myers because he's a sad little fat kid <laughs> um, which is it can happen that way <laughs> but um the like the other kind of like bigger framing is that you know, this these are teenagers this is the the early seventies so mm-hmm. this is right in the wake of uh, the end of the Vietnam War, this is in uh, the wake of Watergate, um, there's there's a certain power to uh, stating that this movie is based on a true story. When it is, it is, there are elements that are taken from some real-life serial killers, but this is not a true story. Right. This is, this is a completely made-up fictional, like, this is like the nightmare version of Ed Gein. Yeah, I was like, I was like almost to the point of asking, was this based on? Because it seems a little far fetched. Well, like like Toby Hooper's talked about how um, Ed Gein was a was a killer. He he only killed a couple people, but he was yeah. uh, he, he dug up people and made like furniture out of people. Sure. And, like um, he was an inspiration for for uh, Psycho and for Silence of the Lambs. Yeah, like I've, I've listened to some true crime stuff. I'm yeah. I'm familiar with some of that that sort of angle. So I know there's that this sort of uh, horrific. But it was like this Stuff is like can be real. This is like the the version that would like almost exist in a kid's head who heard stories about it. Like, right. This this is this this is what you told your friends on the playground about. <laughs> um, but but there's there's that power to like the that that based on a true story that that the, yeah. that, that you can't trust. And there's also it's no, just look at like stuff like the Blair Witch Project. And there's and there's the the, the generational divide. You have the, yeah. the the younger kids who are you know. Um, kind of running into this old guard, people who do things the old way, yeah. and just getting mowed down. Just right. getting... <laughs> just mulched. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it's... Uh, was there was there other stuff that, like, stood out to you? Like, things that were... Um, 
like you enjoyed or things that you thought like it sounds like I, I was actually concerned whether you'd pick up on the the, the humor in this movie because it's it's there but it's a lot of initial audience didn't pick, didn't pick up on it because they were just so no, shocked by it <laughs> yeah no there was definitely I'm, I wouldn't I wouldn't nearly go so far as to say this was a, a, like a comedy movie well, it's a but very, there was there very was some dark comedy. there was some dark some darkly comedic elements in there like one of the first things that I I, I laughed at the whole family of Dracula's thing I thought that was hilarious um <laughs> I laughed when the first time Leatherface appears, when Kirk just wanders into the house, and the like Leatherface just pops out from behind a corner, and then it's like, "Hey guys, funk," <laughs> and it's like, "Well, all right." <laughs> I mean, that's that's not supposed to be funny, but just the the, the abruptness of it, like I, I just couldn't help myself but to chuckle at it a little bit. It's like, what the, that came out of nowhere. Yeah, it just is. Just how fast it happened. <laughs> um. That's that's a lot of the notes that, that I have. Well, one thing I did want to mention is that there was a... Uh, I think I told you about it before, but anybody in the audience, if you can track down any of the footage... They actually made a, an Atari game out of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre in 1982. Um, it was it was a, a bottom seller um, <laughs> because it, it was... Uh, kids couldn't buy it, and like to, you, to buy it, you had to like ask the shopkeeper who would like unlock like a hidden room or something to, to sell it to you. <laughs> Go behind the beaded curtain. Uh, like where, where they kept Custer's Revenge or whatever. <laughs> um, and it was just awful. It was like, even for an Atari game, like you, you were Leatherface chasing teenagers down, and if you like slightly touch a fence, you, you just stop. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, it sounds like a winning premise, to be quite honest. I can't imagine why that didn't do well. Uh, I think it goes up for upwards of over a hundred dollars on 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 eBay. <laughs> it's right, so it's so it's doing fine. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, yeah. What, what, did you have anything else that you? Uh... I think we hit most of the the things I wanted to say. Um, at, you started off by saying, you know, we were talking about it a little bit before we actually started to record. Was you know how I would feel about the movie? Would I would I like it? Not like it? Did I? Would I think it was great? Um, I quite liked it. To be completely honest, I. It was certainly disturbing, uh, and we talked about how it was not nearly as uh, gory or uh, gratuitous as. This is why I took exception to a, you know, you kind of referring to it as an exploitation film because I didn't feel that way about it at all. It was really restrained. Oh, I, I should very much assure you that um, to me, exploitation film is not a a pejorative. No, no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that you thought you were saying it was a bad thing. It's just th this did not strike me as that sort of thing. Like I can I can see watching something like that and, you know, like a like a dolomite or something like that. That that, you know, black exploitation. I didn't feel that way about this movie. I didn't feel like they were um, really exploiting anything. It was just it was the story of a horrific thing. I guess I guess maybe they'd be playing on the the like the fear of the like the small town, the backwoods, the insular sort of. Uh, oh, this this certainly did not help that. This, no, uh, <laughs> um, I guess in that that regard, you could say it was an exploitation flick, but it didn't. That was not the main takeaway I had from it. I, I did I, I did though. I really liked this movie. Um, I don't know how soon I'll go back to watch it, but the fact that I hadn't seen it until now, and then watching it is like you know that was. I can see why this movie was influential and has been influential. Yeah, and I, I think there's... Um, and why it's talked about. It, it, and it's a movie that, like, even though I enjoy it, like, it's... it's uh, It is very relentless. Like, it is, like... There's a, there's a mood that gets set early on... Yes. ...of just oppression, and it is just... 
it it never really backs down. Like even during the quiet scenes, there's just there's something right off or like there's there's just there's just an apprehension. And I think part of that is. Um, it's, it's, it's filmed almost like docu- documentary. Yeah, like. It's, like it's the movie's called Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so you're going into it with an expectation, kind of. A, it doesn't it it doesn't disappoint with what it's uh, you know kind of saying you're going to get from this movie, but it takes a long time to actually kind of get to that point. Yeah. But the whole first part of the movie, you have that I guess the weight of that expectation hanging over you. Like yeah. when is it going to shift gears? And there's there's some there's some flat out disturbing things that happen pretty early on that yeah. kind of set the tone. And I think like the, those decomposing bodies you were mentioning, that's almost kind of like some of the most disturbing imagery in the film. It like very, absolutely fr- very yeah. front loaded. You see that stuff immediately and then you don't really see anything that touches that for yeah. the rest of the movie. Yeah. So they, he, he's very, he's keeping that in your head. Yes. Through the course he, of the movie. He sets you up with that. Then you have to just have that sit with you for the whole rest of the movie. Cool. Um, so I think that's that's what I got. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, what we're going to be doing next time? I, yeah, I don't know what we're going to be doing next time. So uh, yeah, feel free to so, chat me up. So uh, during during the, uh, the the our pilot episode, we were uh, we were talking a little bit about um, like movies we watched like in the eighties, like that and and like scary stuff. And we were talking specifically about like the Neverending Story and like the the, the Gamork and like Artex drowning. Yeah, I, I think if Texas Chainsaw Massacre is Gamork. <laughs> the, okay. The next movie I'm that we're gonna watch uh, is is the Artex drowning in the swamp. Okay. <laughs> um, this is uh, I, I I said the like Texas Chainsaw was probably like in my top uh, twenty five. Pulse is, is definitely in my top ten. We're gonna be watching uh, Pulse, the original Japanese one. Uh, there is an American remake. There's also like a movie called Pulse from the eighties. That's another horror movie, but I think about killer phones. Um, not not those ones. This is the the Japanese one, and uh, I'm gonna play the trailer here. Um, probably just gonna record like how we react to it because this is in Japanese. There's not a lot of dialogue anyway, so um, I, I I've picked two winners in a row on that regard um, for the, for our first two weeks. Um, so this is what we're gonna be watching for next time. Um, and I I, I think uh, for selling the screen, we're gonna um, we're gonna, we're we're gonna aim for for two weeks for a release schedule. Two weeks is fine. Uh, we're still trying to get comfortable with what we're doing and our schedules and stuff. Um, we're just we're trying this out. We're, we're, we're see getting what happens. There. We're getting there. Um, so this let's let's go ahead and play the the trailer for Pulse, and we'll just uh, talk over anything that um, yeah. catches your eye. That so. Sounds good. So we got some glitchy uh, computer screen. We get the before the ring. <laughs> Riding those coattails. <laughs> well, this was released in the U.S. in like 2005, okay. so it came out a little bit after that. Before the Grudge. Right. They just that's. They're like, you saw that, and I'll see this. We get some more glitchy stuff. We get some some people looking weird. Maybe people ghosts. We don't we don't know from the trailer. Some, some images in the computer screen. People disappearing, fading out. Super old cell phone. Yeah. Godfather of J-Horror, Kiyoshi Kurosawa. All right, yeah. That's clearly weird. <laughs> uh, one of the... One of the ooh, <laughs> more frightened than I've ever been in a movie theater. The Mike D'Angelo quote from Time Out New York. All right. 
Something to look forward to. <laughs> Some post-apocalyptic imagery here. Plane crashing out of the sky. Somebody very, saying very quietly, help me, or Toscate. Alright. <laughs> Somebody pulling a plastic bag off their head. Bunch of bugs in a room? <laughs> Alright. This definitely looks Japanese. <laughs> so I, I didn't get your, your impressions beforehand, because I, 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 I think this is one that, if, if you've maybe seen the American remake, I don't think you have. I haven't. Um, that's a safe assumption to make most of the time, is that I haven't seen the movies that you're going to be showing me. The, uh, the American remake was, was bad. Um, <laughs> it was very it was famously made fun of um, by the star of the movie herself in uh, a follow-up movie, Forgetting Sarah Marshall, uh, Kristen Bell. Okay. They talk about the terrible horror movie that she'd made <laughs> and, and why like it doesn't work, and yeah. she's getting real defensive about it. Right. So that's the American version of it. Um, what what do you what do you think watching the trailer just kind of going in? What do you what do you think we're in for? I mean, if I'm honest, it, it looks like a typical freaky jap. Like it just looks like weird stuff is happening. It looks like a Japanese ghost story. Um, if you've seen stuff like The Ring, that's that's eh, it's a little less The Ring than uh, than maybe that trailer would lead you to believe. But it does seem just kind of that kind of off that Jap a lot of Japanese horror films kind of look. Like yeah, um, I mean, I, I think this is, it's it's you know bad to, to to generalize all the time, but I I, I think that kind of a, a trademark is sort of um, people kind of in isolation, people um, yes, uh, a little bit more of a of a kind of acceptance of the supernatural or of mm -hmm. things maybe not necessarily following a, a non dream logic, following right. like a. a, a so I, I, if anyone's uh, wanted to watch that um, along with us, I highly encourage you. Unfortunately, um, from the last time I checked, this is not available free to stream anywhere. Um, so you will have to rent it or, or purchase it. You know, to kick kick some kick some oh, cash there. God, I already got to put money into this. Thing. <laughs> um, but that's what we're gonna be watching for next time. I'm I'm excited to watch that one. Like I said, this this actually is one of my 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 favorite horror movies. This is one that I think. I'm a pretty jaded horror fan, and this is one that, like, every time I watch it scares me. Nice. So, uh, so that's that's something to look forward to. Yeah. So uh, this has been Selling the Scream. Uh, I've been Joshua Yoakum. Still will continue to be, hopefully. <laughs> Jed Donaldson. Uh, no plans to change that in the near future. Um, so we, we, we have a title now. Um, probably in the next uh, week or so, uh, we'll have an email up and, and a social media, probably at least, at least Twitter and Facebook up. Um, so if you want to reach out to us, contact us, let us know we, we <laughs> suck. Um, Keep trying until you can. <laughs> yeah, um, we will, uh, we'll get that back out there. We'll probably officially announce that on the, on the next episode. But until then, um. Yeah, roughly I'll... two weeks, we should have something for you. It might, maybe earlier, who knows. <laughs> Do you guys even care? Nobody's listening to it yet. Hey, we have an audience of 18 people. All right, in the future, <laughs> in the future, you guys will look back at this and wonder what the hell we were so down on ourselves for. Yep, yeah, uh, all right. All right, see you then. Bye.